Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. Now, today you're in for a treat. We have with us the lovely Luciano Masiti. How are you, Luch? Very good, Warwick. How are you today? Very well indeed, and thank you for joining us. Oh, now, you're welcome. Now, Luch, as I ask all of my guests on this show, the very first question is, how do you define success? Well, um, success starts with having a real passion about the um, uh, the um, industry, the subject, the the whatever that you're involved in. So um, without the passion, um, you don't have the drive to actually succeed. And um, having that passion really fuels everything and fuels all those people around you because um, success is not built on what you alone can do, but with uh, uh, what you can do with uh, others around you. So um, they, can, um, they can support and fuel um, that, that uh, whole um, success and, and goal that you're, you're going for. So, um, yeah, success is, is passion. It's about having a goal. It's about being organised. Um, it's, it's really multifaceted and um, it's, it's, it's something that's hard to define um, in a nutshell. But um, for me, um, they're, they're the main elements, I believe. And um, success um, uh, comes about when um, you can actually inspire other people as well around right. you. So your current role, you're inspiring people because you've got a very colourful background. So, And I probably should have uh, elaborated on that a little bit when we started for our listeners. So let me just go back a little bit. Currently, you're the head of the ag department uh, at a high school in New South Wales, as well as doing some consulting with the uh, New South Wales Education Department on some of the ag stuff. Uh, you've yep. also done, uh, you're, you're an accomplished musician, uh, both mm-hmm. in opera and in um, doing your, your guitar folk style music. You've also right. done work uh, for, was it the Meat and Livestock uh, Association? You did some studies yeah, and research that, with? I did, I did that a few years ago and I've also worked overseas in Indonesia and the Philippines on bird flu, right. uh, animal, animal health research. I've done lots of research in environmental uh, education as well. Right. Um, and, and basically, apart from my role in, in teaching uh, at the high school, I'm also the president of the New South Wales Association of Ag- Agriculture Teachers. Right. So that's, that's a very sort of, it's a mixed background with a strong agricultural uh, kind of theme there. It is. So, yeah. uh, and I first met you in the music element. So how do you, because a lot of people have hobbies or interests outside their workplace. So how do you make your musical instrument or your musical interests or non-work stuff mm-hmm. match up or blend in or be able to be done at the same time with your work? Well, um, you, you've got to work hard at it because um, um, it's really difficult to spread yourself over a number of uh, different areas. And, and usually if you're in a job like mine as a teacher, um, you um, invest a lot of time and hours in getting your teaching job right. 
And that means not only the hours you're at school, but many hours at home and on the weekend doing things like writing reports and marking exams. So what I try to do is uh, consciously um, uh, include my, my hobbies, which um, music is one of them. Um, I'm also an avid gardener and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. I have my large vegetable garden and things like that. Um, but um, I try and physically make it happen. So I involve myself with music groups. I also do things like make sure I do gigs at least once or twice a month. And I'm doing one this weekend at a, um, a brand new um, nursery. Um, so they've got me doing some music there. And, and there's a festival of choirs. That's on in two weeks' time, and I'm the the, the soloist. Um, so when opportunities come across, I, I try and make sure that I integrate that music. From a, a, a teaching point of view, um, I used more of a creative method in my programs with kids. So uh, instead of uh, getting kids to do a report on how um, how plants actually uh, take nutrients from the soil, um, with some kids I'll say, "Well, write me a song." Um, and so I teach them on uh, teach them about um, writing a song, and I can do that because I know how to write songs. Yeah. Um, very few teachers um, are able to do that, and so by um, allowing students to do that, um, I sort of uh, allow that creative side to emerge. And kids, you know, kids are really smart. They look up on Google and they discover that you're a musician and suddenly they see you in a different light. Yeah. And I think that factor is really important because um, uh, as a teacher, you're more than just a voice, you're actually a person. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, getting that music side is really difficult, um, <laughs> but I'm, uh, it, is, it is a bit of a struggle yeah. to, because to me, that's my, it's, I'm more passionate, I think, about music than anything else. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, my, my job, I have to be passionate in my job because I, I know that I have to be to get kids to want to learn. Um, and and so let's just talk about the, doing the work at, at school at the moment and that and that role. And agriculture is something like when I went to high school, you know, agriculture wasn't a subject that you followed, and That's and right. and you get kids doing stuff like raising uh, roosters and chickens and dealing yeah. with cows and yeah. Yeah. planting right. farms and like yeah. this. We're not just talking, oh, how nice, we're going to plant some wheat in a sock and have it grow. It's, yeah. We're talking yeah. it's serious the, agricultural stuff here. It's the, it's the real thing. Look, um, um, I talk to a lot of people and when I tell them I teach agriculture, the next response is, oh, is that a subject? And then I say to them, um, I say, yes, it is. And uh, is food something you eat? Because I have to remind them that agriculture exists because yeah. it produces food. <laughs> is food and, something you're interested in? <laughs> yeah, is food something you're interested in? Um, so um, I, I find it um, quite amazing how uh, society believes that food is just naturally on tap. You go to yeah. the supermarket, you get your food. And, and they never question where their food comes from. They never question the whole process because a lot of people don't really want to know, mm. which is a really big issue. As mm. a society, we've lost that connection with the land. Yeah. And, 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 and I've got to say, uh, sorry uh, to just quickly interrupt you, yep. but uh, having grown up as the son of a farmer, 
Yeah. Um, he, my dad and my mother never really studied agricultural per se. It was just sort of, no. well, you throw a few cows on away you go. But yes. nowadays the technology and the smarts that you need to run a farm are oh, far yes. more than what they ever used to be because it's getting harder to make a buck out of it. So you've got to be better at it. So oh, you do. And look, the technology is amazing. And I think agriculture is leading the way with a lot of technologies. I mean, a couple of really simple examples are that on a big property, a farmer might need to go out on his horse or on his um, motorbike seven or eight kilometres to look at the cattle, to stock, to make sure they're all okay and they're getting water. Nowadays, you've got GPS technology and cameras. Cameras can monitor cows and to monitor like um, water troughs. Um, the drown drones can be sent out to actually monitor and herd animals. And, um, and in a lot of cases in dairy farms, they have these um, rumination collars, which um, it indicates whether the cow is healthy or sick. Rumination is right. the, the way that a cow might actually digest their food. And if they ruminate, they're healthy. If they stop ruminating for a long period of time, we know they're sick. Right. So look, there's, and there's so much like most tractors, large tractors are fitted with GPS technology. Um, drones are changing the face of agriculture. Drones are amazing. The stuff that they can do because all of a yeah. sudden you're getting a perspective you could never get before <clears throat> and you can get yeah. it from your phone as you're flying the drone around to just a, keep an eye on what's going right. on, but um, B, see changes that you happening before you, you knew about it. Absolutely. Look, um, and that technology uh, with drones, but also robotics is becoming the next big thing. Mm. Um, I have um, an arrangement with Sydney University. Um, my kids are learning how to code and to, uh, to build their own agricultural robot. Right. Uh, robotics and agriculture is becoming uh, more and more part of um, uh, large-scale production. So there are, there are vegetable robots that, uh, or robots that, that um, manage vegetable crops. Um, and so are you talking about them. like planting, harvesting, sorting? Um, um, oh, no, no. More of, once the crop is planted, mm. then the robots then are able to monitor the crop. So, for example, uh, they monitor growth and they can monitor yield, they can monitor weed growth, yeah. uh, they can target weeds with, um, they, they can actually physically remove the weeds or target them with a herbicide. Um, they, they monitor weeds, uh, monitor pests, um, they monitor um, all manner of data and they work 24 hours a day. Yep. Because um, that's the big cost in, in agriculture is, is obviously labour costs. So absolutely. now yes. you can have a significant sized enterprise run by far fewer people absolutely and i and i think um um as much as in rural communities where you have um labor shortage um you still need people who are trained to um to manage this technology so mm. we're moving away from agriculture being production based to agriculture being production based plus technologically based yeah and i think uh, the the knowledge is more than just about how plants grow even though we're getting really smart at that mm. and because of genetic um uh genetic engineering and uh the uh and the ability to use technology to manage those sort of crops i think um agriculture has become very efficient at producing a larger amount of food in a smaller space because with population growth, uh, we really need to increase our production. 
What about sustainability? Where does that fit into the future of agriculture and what the kids are learning at school? Um, well, sustainability is a really big part of it um, because um, we've, we have to um, uh, get thing, kids to think about uh, the bigger picture. So how does agriculture impact on the natural environment? So, um, but, but not only that, uh, I teach a thing called the triple bottom line. So I talk to them about social sustainability, environmental sustainability and economic sustainability. We also talk about political sustainability, but that's at a, a different level. Mm-hmm. So kids learn about, well, um, agriculture only exists because of the people. How do we sustain that? Um, and obviously there's a lot of changes in rural communities because of um, changes in production and um, more um, overseas um, investors coming in and taking away jobs. Um, we look at environmental sustainability. Every business now has to um, abide by a number of regulations. So uh, we just did a dairy farm uh, excursion last week with one of my um, uh, classes and um, the, all the effluent from the dairy farm as the cows are waiting to get milked gets put into a, um, uh, a settling dam and in that dam, uh, all the nutrients get filtered and decompose and there are uh, bird life, natural bird life, biodiversity there that breaks everything down. Um, and um, an economic sustainability and, and the kids learn that uh, a lot about how, um, how do the economics of um, farming uh, and agriculture, uh, how do we manage that and... Um, and how do you actually make a living out of um, of being on a farm? Right. But it's not just about the business side either, is it? Like you have animals, you actually have, from what I understand, award-winning animals at your school as well. Oh, yes, yes. Um, actually, this weekend um, we had a local Hawkesbury show yeah. and uh, we did quite well. Um, so I've got cattle and um, I've got a... Um, uh, a low-lying heifer. She's a little short little thing, and she she was reserve champion in the um, the heifer class. Um, and we have sheep as well, and I have pole dorset sheep. They're very beautiful, yeah. and we we received the champion um, female meat breed sheep at the at the show this weekend. Um, we also have poultry. Um, we breed purebred um, uh, chickens mm-hmm. and uh, we got a number of best. And uh, at the Royal Easter Show, we received nine champion ribbons for our um, Fantastic. Our well done. That's, that's, a, that's a great <laughs> effort all around. It is. So one of the things that most people don't like when it comes to dealing with livestock is how they turn from cute, lovely animal into dinner. Absolutely. So, Yes. So do you do that with the kids? Like, do you process animals, like slaughter them and process them? Do they go through that so that they know the reality of what it is to, to have a sheep that becomes lamb chops? Yeah. Uh, well, look, I'm... Um, and, like, and, and how do you do that in a way that you're not giving them nightmares for the rest of their life? No, well, um, okay. So um, in New South Wales, um, uh, with our school regulations, um, kids are not allowed to actually see an animal slaughtered. Right, um, and we um, we need to get a permit to actually conduct it on school grounds, but without uh, students uh, being involved. Right. So there's a whole um, ethical um, consideration. So um, uh, I I 
I don't do any of that on school grounds. And if I do get animals slaughtered, they do go to an abattoir to get slaughtered. Right. So and, does um, the meat does the meat then come back and do you have a barbecue or like how do you how do you how do you how do you talk about that topic in a in a sensitive way? Uh, well, okay. Well, um, what happens is that. Um, uh, a lot of that meat gets sold um, mm -hmm. and then we keep things like sausages and the like and we do have barbecues. Now, I'm very fortunate I live in a rural area and kids are used to this. Yeah. And so if I come back with sausages, you know, their eyes light up saying, wow, they're going to taste really good. Yep. Um, so I, I don't have that uh, a very small number of kids who uh, have issues with, with that whole paddock to plate uh, concept. Mm -hmm. um, look, there are kids that do, and and those kids usually aren't really interested in agriculture. Um, but but look, it is an issue, and um, from the point of view that um, we still have this mentality that you know a, a lot of parents and a lot of kids really don't want to know where their food comes from. Mm. But but generally, um, kids are aware that um, you know uh, little Daisy who was in the paddock last week is now in the freezer. Yeah. Okay. They're aware of that, and they understand that the kids who do agriculture understand that connection. That agriculture is about food production. Yeah. Um. And and yes, there there's still that issue that more and more of society are disconnected from that. Well, and yeah, and there's that that we want to save ourselves from any anguish by not thinking about it, but it's it's a fact of yes. life and a fact of death. So it it's is. one that we it sort is. of, uh, you know, it's it, it behooves us to at least talk about. Uh, it, it is. And, and look, um, I spent a lot of time talking to kids about where food comes from and the whole concept of paddock to plate. And, and that really is the, a real uh, bedrock, a real framework for all that I do. Because, um, you know, I, I, I also say to people that agriculture is not just solely about um, raising animals and growing plants. Um, my concept is, is sort of like this, that 80% of agriculture happens once the product leaves the farm gate. So from the point that that animal or that plant leaves, it gets transformed into a number of products. And I believe that agriculture is to that point where the consumer starts consuming it mm -hmm. because there's a whole range of processes that still connect it to agriculture. Yeah. And um, I think that's where we've lost the plot um, in that um, it's really been um, um, society's been desensitized from um, from the whole process. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it can be a real struggle and it and it and it is, you know, large organizations that produce food have um, uh, um departments that deal with the negative media, you know, big ones like McDonald's and Woolworths, you mm -hmm. know, the river dealing with um, uh, animal liberationists and, uh, and the like. And, mm. and look, um, look, I, I know that not all animals are raised ethically. Mm -hmm. um, there's, if you look at um, chickens that are produced for meat or even yeah. eggs, uh, chickens that produce eggs, um, there's some real ethical considerations that um, uh, really the, the bottom line in those systems is making money as fast as possible. Yeah. And so, look, there's a real there's real issues there. Yeah. All right. Let's let's shift things up a little bit. So, uh, obviously, by trying to manage everything you're doing within the um, 
the school that you work in, the extracurricular activities in terms of all the showing of the animals and the extra excursions and stuff, as well as the being the president uh, of that uh, of the the association. association. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that you have to do, um, as well as you know a, a social life. So, <laughs> what are some of the secrets to your success? What are some of the processes or tools or methods that you use to keep your sanity um, <laughs> and and keep everything working? Well, okay. So to keep things working, I, I um, from a school point of view, I need a team, and um, my team is predominantly my students. Mm-hmm. Um, and without their support, nothing, nothing at all would happen. And they're on the team because they all want to come along with me, mm-hmm. um, because they know that um, we'll uh, we'll have success at the end. So they they've got their eyes on the prize. So I have a team and, and I, I delegate and the kids, uh, the kids work really hard and I'm very fortunate for that to happen. Um, from the, so that's from a, uh, not only an academic point of view but managing all the shows that I do. Without my, uh, my kids and their parents, I couldn't do all these shows. Right. It just wouldn't happen. Um, so um, from from uh, other points of view, I think what I I mean I, I think I spread myself thinly quite a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I take on board. Um, you know, when someone asks me to do something, I tend to always say yes. <laughs> um, and and you, you you know what it's like. It's um, you know you you always uh, want to um, help out where where help is needed. And um, you know uh, it, it's um, it's it's really uh, a problem. Um, uh, in in some circumstances, but um, I, I think um, um, and how, uh, I think the other part of it is having a healthy attitude towards life and and towards other people. Right. Um, and 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 if you're positive, then you can achieve a great deal. Right. Um, and go on. Yeah. So well, let let's look at. Um, uh, what do you reckon are some of the things that you wish you'd known earlier about whether it's about life in general or whether it's about um, the work that you do or working with other people? What are some of the things you wish you'd, you'd known earlier? You wish you could tell yourself 20 years ago. <laughs> um, well, I think um, um, I would like to have been a little bit more organised um, 20 years ago. I, and I think prioritising. So, I mean, I, I, 20 years ago I was doing a PhD and when I look back, I thought, why the hell was I doing a PhD? <laughs> because um, I, I didn't, I, at the time, I sort of, I'd realised, didn't really realise that I didn't want to be an academic and that was the whole purpose of doing a PhD. And then I realised I really didn't want to be an academic. So um, I, I do believe that um, I wasted a few years doing um, um a process which really didn't get me too far. Um, so I, I, I sort of think um, think back on that, and um, I think I needed to uh, back then. I needed to um, really look at um, ways where I wanted to be, um, and I don't think I was very able to do that back then. And I think um, as I've gotten older, I think um, I've been able to identify. Uh, the things that really um, make me happy and to be a, a little bit more selfish about um, what I want rather than what everyone else wants. Right. Okay. 
That's great. Hey, Luch, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. If people want to get in touch with you to talk about music, agriculture, or anything like that, what's the best way for them to track you down? Um, well, the best way is if they'd like to um, send me an email. Yep. I'm very good with emails. Um, and uh, they can contact me on Luciano at lucianomasiti.com.au. Um, and I'll and, make sure I put that in the show notes with all the right spelling yeah, so that it actually gets to you. Um, and I'm quite happy to, um, to talk more about um, uh, my journey and uh, where I'm going to and where I've been. Fantastic. Luch, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Warwick. You take care. Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show. We look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening and we hope you can get more success.